I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hello and welcome back to the Lolly Carter Steelers podcast here on DKPittsburghSports.com. I'm Chris Carter here with Dale Lolly breaking all things down on your Pittsburgh Steelers. It's, well, July now. That's kind of crazy uh, how, how quickly that snuck up on us. The heat is rising, and we're here to help you get through that with some Steelers talk. Remember, you can download this podcast anywhere podcasts are hosted, but especially on Apple, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. And remember, Raiders, five stars, the positive comment. That stuff really helps out, not just our show, but every show here on DKPittsburghSports.com. Dale, how you dealing with the heat, my man? Staying inside, Chris. Staying inside. <laughs> get that AC going, man. It's, it's going on right in here and Casa de Carter. Uh, but, Dale... We talked a little bit about the David DeCastro situation and, you know, a little bit about Trita, but I wanted to elaborate a lot more with you about that situation and just what this offensive line can be with, with Trey Turner, because there are the people who are speaking way too highly of him saying, Oh yeah, he's a five-time pro bowler. Again, he'll be David DeCastro. Uh, But you know, then there are also people that are saying, like, well, he stunk to high heaven last year. He got injured. He's going to be a nobody. There's always that middle ground to find. But is there a realistic expectation that this offensive line can really find itself despite a new offensive coordinator, a new offensive line coach, and basically an entirely new starting offensive line? Yeah, well, you know, Chris, I think the expectation that the Steelers' offensive line – you know, everything that you that you looked at in the offseason, well, you know, David DeCastro is going to be the rock. He's going to be the returning starter. He's the star. He offers that star power. I don't know that he was going to be able to ever return to that. That's the problem with that. Yeah. So the question then becomes, uh, and it's, it's because of this ankle injury. We knew something was wrong there beyond just the injuries that he had last year. Right. We didn't didn't realize and he didn't talk about it to his credit that, you know, he didn't use it as an excuse that there was something there. David Castro was not the same David DeCastro as of old. Right. Um, you know, so Trey Turner uh, is 28 years old. Um, he had an injury plague season last year. There's no ifs, ands or buts about it. Yeah. Played nine games. He had a groin injury. Um, but prior to that, when he was with the Carolina Panthers, was one of the better guards in the league. As you mentioned, a five-time Pro Bowl player, um, he got traded in a money dump to the Chargers. Uh, you know, so can he regain that form at age 28? Um, you'd like to think so. Uh, you know, a groin injury is not something that that is going to be a nagging injury like you know the bone spurs were for David DeCastro. Mm. And you know, so then the question is, can can Trey Turner be better than what David DeCastro would have been this year? And remember the the version of David DeCastro that we saw last year was not great. So um, I, I think he can certainly be that, uh, you know, so now it just becomes a matter of, can they get this unit to gel together quickly? That's going to be the question. Now they do get the extra week of training camp. They get the extra preseason game that helps a lot. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they they get to go to, to camp a week earlier than everybody else, other than the Cowboys. Uh, you know, so they're going to get get that extra week to uh, to get this unit together. And you know, to a to a certain degree, it's not like just plugging in one new guy on this line. They're all kind of going to be learning at the same time here, at the same speed, and, and doing everything new together. So. I, you know, I don't know if that's good or bad, uh, to be quite frank with you. I've never seen anything like this before. Um, but I do know that the, that the scheme should help them uh, acclimate to that a little more quickly than maybe, you know, if, if they were more playing under what they used to do, where it was, you know, more of a passive thing. And you were going to, you know, we're going to sit back and let the defense come to us and, and, you know, just set screens for the running backs, those kind of things. These guys are going to attack. They're going to, they're going to fire off the, off the football and, and, and go after guys. So, you know, I think most offensive linemen, uh, in fact, maybe every offensive line would rather go forward than have to go backwards. Um, so, you know, I think that, that, that the scheme can help this team a lot and, and the scheme can help these offensive linemen a lot. Then you add in things like the jet sweep motion that can freeze, uh, you know, defensive ends and those kind of things and you know, make linebackers take false steps. Those kind of those kind of things. I, I think you know it could be okay. I think that the Steelers have nine or ten legitimate NFL offensive linemen. Now, I'm not saying they have nine or ten legitimate NFL starting offensive linemen. Right. But they have ten guys, nine or ten guys who are NFL players on the offensive line. I don't know that every team can say that. Mm-hmm. What they don't have. And Trey Turner would be the closest thing that they have to it now with the Castro gone is any star power. Right. You know, we're used to seeing the Steelers have star power on their offensive line. You know, the, the Pounceys, the, the Castros, Villanueva is a Pro Bowl player. We're used to seeing that here. Well, it's the, you know, you don't necessarily need that to be successful in the NFL. You can get by with a, with a, with a, a you know, an average to even a slightly below average line. If they can get to that, we'll see. Uh, I, I don't know. The people who sit there and, and want to say it, I've, I've been asked this question a lot. Well, I read here or there that uh, Joe Haig or, or Rashad Coward didn't look very good in, in minicamp or in OTAs. Who in the hell yeah. thinks that they can judge what an offensive lineman looks like in when shorts? There's no, when there's no pads on. When there's it, no pads on. Adrian Clem even said that when, when asked about evaluating guys, he said, you know what? There's some guys who are looking really fine in drills, but there's guys who I know who look much better in pads when they get to hit people. And we will see who is actually, you know, we'll actually get to evaluate guys when that happens. But anyone trying to say that now, if you want to say that based, based off of film you got last year, fine go to town with that. Like that, 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 that's, that's respectable. But when you come out and tell me that, Oh, I saw him in mini camp and in OTAs and I wasn't too sure about it. Like there's, there's nothing to ascertain other than, are you in shape? Are you, you know, are, you know, are you coming in here? Can you do the drills and not die out there in the football field? Cool. That's where you're uh, that that's your evaluation. But yeah, I'm right with you that that's, I mean, but like nine or 10 guys, you're right. Not every NFL team can say that. A lot of times you're scrambling to find that kind of depth and those kind of guys who've, who've already been in the NFL and made their way. Um, but it, it's kind of crazy here, Dale, because, you again, you've covered the Steelers for a long time. Mike Tomlin 
had to build that, that crew that we were just talking about with Pouncey and DeCastro and Villanueva and, and Ramon Foster and, you know, and for a time, Marcus Gilbert, they had to build that from the ground up. And, and Mike Tomlin, he has the, the quote that he said to Stephen A. He's like, you know, you used to get on me when my offensive line wasn't that good. And now they're the one of the best offensive lines in the league. He did that. He oversaw that with Kevin Colbert and, and, and them building that crew. And now it's like, man, they're starting from well, not scratch because they have a relationship with a lot of these guys. You know, that entire crew is gone so fast. Yeah, it, it is. And it's, you know, change. Here's the thing. This is like the when the Pirates trade guys after they go 60, uh, you know, 62 and 100 or 68 or 70 and 92 or whatever the record ends up being each year. Mm-hmm. And they trade away this guy or they get rid of that guy and they bring in some new people and everybody goes nuts. Oh, my God. How could they get rid of that guy? How could they get rid of, you know, Starling Marte? How could they trade away this guy or that guy? You won 70 games with those guys. Yeah. You know, everybody knows that the offensive line was an issue last year. Everybody was saying that, you know, this, this offensive line is not playing up to, up to, you know, par here. Uh, the, the run blocking is not good. The pass blocking was fine. I'll give you that. But the run blocking was not good. They got no push up front. Now, maybe part of that was scheme related. But the reality is the reality. They didn't get much push in the, up front. You can't bring those guys back. No. You can't bring, you know, oh, oh my God, they lost Alejandro Villanueva. They averaged like 1.8 yards of carry running behind Alejandro Villanueva last year. That's the reality. Um, you know, the, the Pouncey's the guy, and, and I love Marquis Pouncey. I love Alejandro Villanueva. Both great guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they were clearly at the end of their careers. Yeah. You know, so, you know, it is what it is. You had to make changes. Does that mean you can't win this year? No. Uh, you know, I wrote about it today uh, on, on on the site um, you know, about how their skill position players, their skill position players, um, are as good as any in the league. Yeah. When you look they, at the top to bottom, any in the league, they got, they got, they got talent that can, that can be playmakers at, at several different spots in the field. Yeah. Um, there's a, there's an interesting part of this too, offensive line wise that I want to get to a question with you, Dale, but we're going to take a quick break. We come back. I got to I got a question that I think some people out there are contradicting themselves when they're talking about the Steelers' offensive line. Hear that question and his answer right after this. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Thank you. 
Welcome back to the Lolly Carter Steelers podcast here on DKPittsburghSports.com. Remember, you can download this podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or anywhere podcasts are hosted. Rate us five stars with a positive comment to uh, help out the show and let people know what we're doing here. I'm Chris Carter. He's Dale Lolly. Continue to talk with the Steelers. Dale, you brought up how, you know, people are talking about Villanueva and losing Villanueva and losing Pouncey. It is so funny because before those guys were gone, I heard a lot of people saying like, man, this, this offensive line is going to be going to be horrible next year. If they have it with Villanueva and with DeCastro and with Pouncey, they're too old, but now that they're gone now, it's like, oh, well, now that they don't have them, they're going to suck. They're, they're, they're going to suck even more. And it's like, well, wait a second. Was it, was it that they, that they stunk and that you needed to get rid of them or was that they, or is it that they, they stink now because, because they got rid of them. And it seems like it's just, it's poking, it's poking in different directions about this team and in people. And I get it. This is, it's that time of the year where, where people are striving for con- content and trying to create news and trying to, to try to stir up controversy. But to me, there's just so much wait and see with, you know, with Kevin Dotson, with Kendrick Green, the guy that they drafted to be to be their center, with Zach Banner to see if he can be who they thought he would have been last year if he didn't get injured, if Chukuma Korfu can finally play the left tackle position that he always thought he he, sh- he should be playing. You know, there, there there's a lot of those questions, and it just it, it just it, my my thing is to people is just to have patience when looking at this situation. Yeah, you know, it all a lot of this stuff um, depends on. You know, whether you're a glass half full, empty, you know, or glass half full or glass half empty kind of person, uh, I try to be more of a a pragmatist about it and and more pragmatic about it. I just want to sit. I want to wait and see what it looks like. Again, I'll go back to what I said in the previous segment. People people making judgments based on what offensive linemen look like in shorts. Yeah, I'm sorry. That's moronic. And I would I would tell those I would tell those those guys who are doing that 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 way. First of all, you're not a talent evaluator. Right. I've asked people who are talent evaluators what those guys look like, including my my partner on Steelers Nation Radio, Matt Williamson, who mm-hmm. was an NFL scout. Hey, what do you, you think of those guys? Because he was down there. He saw that, you know, he saw those guys during minicamp. Um, he thought Coward and 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 Haig were were, you know, solid NFL players. Maybe not stars, maybe not automatic starters, right? But certainly not bums. Right. I mean, Joe Haig's just gotta be better than Gerald Hawkins. Yeah. Gerald Hawkins. Gerald Hawkins. I mean, Gerald Hawkins was bad last year. Mm -hmm. They couldn't put him on the field. Yeah. Um, You know, so that's what you're looking at here. Um, And coach them up. Guys are allowed to get better. Nobody ever wants to realize it, recognize that. You're allowed to get better. These are young football players we're talking about. Chooks Akora for is going into year four here. He's got one year of starting experience under his belt. Mm -hmm. Are we allowed to think that a third-round draft pick could get better? Uh, Cam Sutton from year three to year four, actually from year two to year three, got a lot better, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Now all of a sudden the Steelers are paying him, you know, a pretty good amount of money to be their starting cornerback. Going into year two, did anybody think that was going to be the case? I thought the Steelers thought the Steelers couldn't draft, couldn't draft can't draft cornerbacks. <laughs> um, you know, so guys do get better. It's a lot. Dupree, absolutely. But, but, but people have called that man a bust for years. And it was like his fourth year on the team when he started to put up some sack numbers and people were like, oh, what's this? Okay, okay. And and now people are like, oh, man, we're so sad. What are they going to do without Bud Dupree? Well, right. How are they going to survive? It, yeah. And, and again, Chikuma Okorafor, he's had to move around the line. He is more of a left tackle. And, and, and Clem even said this, this, and this is exactly what I wrote in Carter's classroom when they first drafted him. Like, this guy has great, great hands. He has great feet. 
He just needs to learn to be nasty. He just needs to learn to punish people. He doesn't put them away. And when he does, when that clicks for him, he's going to get there. Now, in the Steelers' style of offense last year, you could the last two years, you couldn't be that. They were trying to – they were having to be more fast, passive. Let the defender, you know, dictate the terms of engagement. That's not what you need to, to get Chikumo core for going to be the complete offensive tackle you want him to be. Now, maybe he has an opportunity to. That's the that's my whole thing here, Dale, is that there are – you you can paint you, you can paint this with a negative brush and say, man, there's way too many question marks. We have no idea how this offensive line is going to look like. I don't bank on this offensive line figuring out, and this team going to have a lot of problems with it. Or you could say, you know what? Let's actually see if they they rise up to the challenge. Because if if Dotson is who he was last year, if a core four is um, if a core four can can stand be solid at left tackle, if Banner can be solid at right tackle, you got three reliable pieces there. Then all you need is Trey Turner to just not stink and Kendrick Green to, to fill into center there. And then you're talking, we're probably talking, you know, week five, six, seven, eight about this group gelling together and being a, a reliable young part of the team. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think sometimes when you get a bunch of young guys on the field, um, that can work in your favor because they don't know what they don't know. Right. They don't know that they're supposed to stink. They don't know that, the, you know, they're not supposed to play well. They don't know that they're not supposed to, to go out and do things together that, that you know, help, help a team win. I, I'm, you know, honestly, you know, this, I get it. The offensive line is going to be one of the main storylines of training camp this year. There's not a doubt in my mind. It has to be. But at the same time, I don't think it's going to be the train wreck that it was last, you know, that everybody is, is, is predicting here. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, the line wasn't very good last year. You couldn't bring that same line back. No and have greater, they, they weren't getting, they weren't going to get better. No. Who was going to get better off of that line from what they were? Nobody. Johnson. Yeah, that, that would be it. Of the guys who left, not, none of them, no. Yeah, Akorafor is the only one who, uh, who started last year on a regular basis who had an opportunity to get better. Everybody is raving about, about Dotson, um, you know, started last year. Four he, games. He, yeah, he started four games. He's going to get better. Uh, Banner, Banner won the starting right tackle job in training camp. Mm-hmm. There's the expectation there that he'll be better. And I'll say this again. Najee Harris raises all all boats there. Mm-hmm. Raises all boats because if, if you're running the football well and if you turn on watch, go back, go watch some of his Alabama tape. Uh, there weren't always holes there for him. Nope. And yet he made it happen in the SEC. Uh the guy made nine 90 missed tackles last year or something along those lines. So mm-hmm. I think they'll be fine. I think they'll be fine. You've also got a veteran quarterback who knows what he's doing, knows what the defense is trying to do against him. That will help a lot as well. And, and about the whole Najee Harris, uh, you know, a, a running, a great running back can, or a, a talented running back can, can raise all, raise all boats here. You know, that's, that's something that you said for a while. That's something that we said all leading up into the draft was if you got offensive line problems, one way to make that work. I mean, that was one of the first things that I, I put in, in my Carter's classroom preview of the NFL draft with talk about Najee Harris was all the people that are say, Oh, well, he just ran really well because Alabama's offensive line was all that. Look, here's plays where he, the line got blown up and he's engaging guys at or behind the line of scrimmage and making them miss and then turning them into big plays. He did that. And not, not to say that, that, that the Steelers, that he's going to have to do that all the time for the Steelers, but there's going to be times where, you know what? The offensive line didn't win a battle. And he's gonna have to create, and he's he was able to do it at the at the, at the collegiate level. Now we got to see if he can do it at the pro level. He looks very confident, and there's there's I think there's a lot of reasons to think that he can do it at the pro level. And when he does that, 
that's going to mask over a lot of the, the, the things about the Steelers offensive line. You know, people, you know, people used to clown Chris Kimawatu and, and, and that whole offensive line of the late, late two thousands. But when they, when they won the Super Bowl, you know, there, there was the, you know, people could talk about it and say, well, that was the worst offensive line to ever win a Super Bowl, but still they won a Super Bowl and that's all forgiven. That's all forgotten. And it's funny, Dale, that was a team that had a franchise quarterback, a talented running back, um, a stalwart defense that gets after the quarterback, a premier edge rusher, and a premier safety. Those are yeah. all things that are on this current roster. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I you know, I, I don't get, you know, the, the, uh, the doom and gloom the Steelers are going to finish last and all this other stuff. History sh- <clears throat> shows me that's not going to happen. Um, so uh, I'm just going to go with what I know. Mm-hmm. And what I know is that the Steelers, they would be reacting much differently if they thought that this was going to be a bigger problem, right? Than, than it is. They they just would because they're they're they go into every season with with the idea that they're going to compete for the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Whether that's realistic or not, you know, is, is arguable. But they feel like they can compete for a Super Bowl. If they didn't feel like their line could help them win, they would make more changes, and they haven't. They would have gone out and looked at Morgan Moses. Or they would have done something to, to make some changes on their right. offensive line. They have the money to do it. They would have done it. And and, and a, Morgan Moses didn't sign a too expensive of a contract. They could have signed. They could have signed him. So I agree. The, and that's something the Steelers do when they when they need help. I mean, with David DeCastro, they immediately went and got Trey Trey Turner. They they didn't say, oh yeah, we're going to expect uh, Coward or Hague to step up. No, they said we're going to go get a guy who's been a starter in in the NFL. Um, for, for, for several years at, at the guard position. So I, I agree with you. There would have been a lot more panic in that situation if it was the real deal problem. Um, but, uh, but, but yeah, that's, that's the, that's the thing to hear when we're looking at the offensive line and we're, we're, we're evaluating things for you here on DKPittsburghSports.com. Just understand we're not, you know, we're not saying that everything's just going to be automatically great. We're not carrying the water for the Steelers, as a lot of people, you know, will, will say when you do that. But we're, we're saying, look, let's be patient and wait for some of these younger guys to show us what they really have and how they do gel together in a new offense with a new offensive line coach. And if they're setting a tone early on in the season, or if it takes to the middle part of the season, if they, if they can set a tone and that running game's there, this team is going to be much better than people thought uh, going, going into this year. That's all yeah, we have. For I agree. That, that's all we have for you here on the Lolly Carter Steelers podcast here on DKPittsburghSports.com. Thanks again for listening. Remember to download us anywhere on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Rate it five stars with a positive review. Keep listening to everything we got here. We got DK's Daily Shots coming at you all week. He's out in Denver covering the Pirates versus the Rockies. Uh, we got a lot of great stuff going on here. I'm writing stuff for Pitt on some of the recruiting things that's going on. And Carter's Classroom's up on the website. You'll want to check that out. All that stuff right at DKPittsburghSports.com. 